It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hello again. Here we are. Winding the season down. Oh, we're winding it down. So we had to go back to uh, one of our favorite guests and one of your favorite guests and one of our favorite people. Dare I introduce him as 2023 Reds MVP Spencer Steer? Mm. Mm. Regardless, he is Spencer Steer. How you doing? I'm good, Jim. Thanks for having me on again. Did that make you cringe right there? No. That's good. Came, came as a little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. However... We've been talking about this recently, and I'm not looking for you to comment on being Reds MVP. That's unfair. However, if you, I'll say it, if you dice it up and you look at the length of the season, where you've played, how crucial it's been for you to move around, the numbers you have put up, you're it. You're the team MVP. Now, I don't want you to comment on that. On that. However, this season, the numbers that you have put up, how satisfied have you been with what is technically your rookie season? Well, first of all, I do want to comment on the MVP stuff. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, I think if you could give a MVP to a collective group of people, yeah, I think you could look at the bullpen. And what they've done this year. It's a valid and how point. many games it's a valid point. they've thrown seven innings in a game yeah. and they've kept us in the entire time. They've and done much that countless. Maligned. Bullpens are always maligned, too. Yeah. And at times done... they're like, uh, bullpen's terrible. I'm like, look at the numbers. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean they throw, you know, ten straight games holding a lead and then they give up one and everyone's like, blow up Go the bullpen. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's how that's how baseball is. It's part of the been. job. It's just always like a kicker. Been. You'll make twenty five straight kicks. Miss a kick to end the game, and everyone's coming for your head. So that is a very good comparison, actually, right yeah. there. So I just wanted to say that. No, that's uh, you know what? You always. This is why we have you back because you always give these solid answers. That is a good point. If collectively as a group, if you're going to go collectively, I agree with you. Doesn't work that way though, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but they've been uh, so valuable. All right, back to the my original question. How satisfied have you been with the numbers that you've been able to put up over the long haul in a rookie season, which is not an easy thing to do? I'm I'm happy with uh with my performance this year. It's been it's been an up and down year. I think what I'm most proud of myself for this year is uh my one, my consistency throughout the year, and two, I think I've done a really good job of of minimizing uh I guess my slumps. Yeah. Um, that's been a big thing for me this year is trying to minimize that to a series. You know, you might have a, a series where you don't get a hit, but not letting that snowball on you and turning that slump into a week 
or a yeah. week and a half or right. two weeks, and now you look up and you're over thirty. Instead of, um, I think I'm just good at, done a good job of of battling out of those uh, quicker than I ever have before, and I think that's a big part of why I've been able to be consistent this year. And one thing, if you're going to break it down uh, mechanically from a fundamental standpoint. Uh, we talk all the time about your always on balance, your swing. Uh, you have c- kind of a compact swing just because of your size, but you were on balance all the time. I've only seen a few off balance swings from you ever, and that's crazy to think of. Is that something that you developed, or is that some is that your natural swing that you've always been on balance that way? Because not everyone is. Um, I think it's a couple things. Um, I think I've always just been a, uh, I've always been so like contact driven my entire life. Like I, like we've talked about this before. I never really hit for power until a couple of years ago. Right. So my game and what got me, you know, to the professional level was just the ability to put the ball in play and make contact. So I think having that approach for so long has kind of just given me a natural, um, I guess just staying on balance naturally. And then, um, that's just what I look for. So like when I'm slumping, like there's things I'll look for. I won't just go, Hey, my swings messed up after going over 10. I'll, I'll ask myself, am I, am I on time? Am I swinging at the right pitches? Am I committed to staying inside the baseball? And am I seeing the baseball as best I can? If I can check all those boxes and be like, I'm doing all those things, then that's when I'll go to, all right, let's look at the swing. Maybe we need to tweak something in the swing. So if that answers your question, yeah. And the valuable part, obviously the offensive numbers are what they are. I mean, you are what your OPS is, your average, average, the runs you drive in, the runs you score, et cetera. Um, but the value for me the most is defensively. This team has needed you to move around, whether it be injury, whether it be a guy needed a day off. You always got to have a guy that can move around. And that messes with a lot of people. It, it gets them out of their offensive game. How have you been able to handle it? I mean, you played... I know you've played three different positions in one game. Have you played? What's the most you've played in one game? Like, I, I was, uh, I think I was filling in on play by play. I'm like, you started at third, then you went to the left, then you're at first, then you're back at third or something. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I, I want to say that was in uh, uh, DC. We went to extras, and I think I started the game in left, and then went to third, and then I think I went to first. And I think I went like back to left, and then like I went. I, I think I changed like. It I think was I crazy. played only three different positions, but I changed positions like five times yeah. or something like How that. How difficult is that? Um, it's tough. I'm getting better at it. Uh, my defense has been in my standards awful this year, but. Wait, I'm hold learn- on a second. Awful in your standards? Yeah, What's like been I've, awful. Uh, just. Because I, we've been praising you the way it's not you playing positions, you're out of position. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the tough part, right? Like, when I'm playing left field for a week straight and then I just go into third base, it's just a completely different feel. Like, third base is a tough position to play because yeah. you almost have to get in a rhythm over there because it's like speed it's, of the game completely yeah, yeah, changes. Like, it's a tough position to play because your first step 
is basically the the play. If you have a bad first step on a play, you're probably getting an in-between bounce, and then it's like a 50-50 shot yeah. if you're going to make that play at that point. So um, it's just hard to get in a rhythm at a certain position yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I just, I just haven't been happy with my inconsistencies. I feel like there'll be a routine play. I just botch at third, and it's frustrating. But um, it's all a learning process for me this year trying to get – try to figure out the best way to prepare yeah. like if even though I've been playing left pretty much only the last week like I got to find a way today to find time to take ground balls at third or second base or first base just to stay familiar with the position and right. and that kind of stuff so um I've definitely learned a lot about what it takes to play multiple positions this year so hopefully you know I can do that you know, going forward and, and, and get better at it. Well, it says a lot about you that you haven't been happy defensively, and we've been singing your praises. So that uh, it's a never-satisfied game. Baseball is a never-satisfied game, particularly at the major league level. You, you can always do better. Now, it's harder to do better, but you can always do better. It's just that that's that's the game. That's that's the way it is. Um, you, I got to say, in spring training, you were struggling at third. And I, I know they kind of changed the way maybe your glove angle. But do I have that right? The the way that you were fielding ground balls. But to think about you then and where you are now, you've come a long way. Because we were talking about it being a serious weakness in spring training. I'm going to be honest with you. And now it's a strength. Yeah, that was uh, spring training was just kind of weird this year. Um, I've always been a pretty good, I'd say like, Throughout college and my minor league career, like third base was probably statistically my like best position. Uh, but yeah, that was weird. I kind of just went through some, just like a mental, just like it was more mental, a than mental physical? war with myself. Oh wow, um, those aren't never good. But at no, least it happened in spring. Yeah, no, it, I, and I learned a lot from it too. But I was pretty much just like fielding a ball and then like praying that I just throw a good throw over to first almost at that point. <laughs> That's not good. Uh and then obviously like the I worked my way out of it and that just comes with confidence and and just more reps and just kind of yeah. doing what you got to do to get through it. But yeah, it's just it's crazy how mental this game can be at times. Like even the the most simple task become extremely hard because of what you're doing to yourself mentally. Yeah. Um, so just going through that, I, I learned how to deal with that. Cause that's the first time I've really like dealt with something like that before. Um, I feel like my mental game's always been pretty, uh, pretty strong for the most part. So that was definitely, uh, a good little experience to go through and, and especially doing it during spring training and not yeah. during the season. Um, kind of thankful for that timing too, just having to, having to deal with that. Yeah. And you, uh, I mean, outfield was it completely foreign to you? I'm trying to remember back. Yeah, you, you never had, played it you before. Had never played. I actually played before. one game in right field last year in Louisville, like a couple yeah. days before I got called up, because I think they were maybe going to throw me out there. But uh, yeah, that's a completely new, new adventure. It, what, <laughs> I'm going to steal a quote here. Uh, you were on a uh, was it on? What's the online show you were on the other day? Do you remember the name of it? <laughs> oh, the podcast. Yeah. Oh, Foul Territory. Foul Territory. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Shout out Foul Territory. Danny Graves, my man, Reds Hall of Famer, was on there with you. Uh, 
you know how much I love Danny Graves, even when I'm listening out there. Uh, so I'm stealing a quote. I think you said it on that podcast or that show. Left field, you feel like a golden retriever? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Can we relive this quote? Because this is classic Spencer Steer. Well, the reason why I said that was... I was work. I was doing early work with CC. Um, a, I think it was the day before I made my first start in left field, and he just wanted me to like keep it simple, like don't think too much about playing the outfield. Just go out there and and trust your instincts and just go chase the ball. And I instantly was just like, oh yeah, just act like a golden retriever chasing a tennis ball in the park or something, like something simple like that. Just to not make it uh, more than what it is, yeah, kind of thing. So, I've kind of just ran with that, I guess. And every time I go out there, I just play free like a like a puppy would. So, <laughs> I love that. the golden retriever, Spencer Steer. Actually, I wonder if there is any dogs named Spencer. I'm sure there are a ton named Spencer. I'm sure there is because <laughs> you've been an influence. Um, which position's hardest? Third base. Because of the speed of it, because of the thing you talked about. Yeah, and I just think third base, you rarely just get a ground ball that hugs the ground that, you know, you can really get in rhythm into fielding. It's like either it's a hot shot, one hopper, or it's a slow roller, um, or it's, you know, like a a lot of the ground balls, guys are just rolling them over. Righties are rolling them over, so they're always hopping. They're never really like hugging the ground. Um, so you and really got to be them over. There's some weird spin on those things. Yeah. Too. And you just, you just gotta, you gotta be really good at picking your hops and, and having a really good first step on those plays. So I just think that's, it's just a position where I feel like when you play it every day, you get in a rhythm over there and, um, you know, just comes more naturally when you're there, uh, every day as opposed to every once in a while. So I find that one to be the most difficult. You have been an influence on fans, so much so that Spencer's Pizza has been duplicated. And we'll talk about that and more when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's so cool. All right, well, that's so cool. All right, we're back with Spencer Steer. <laughs> um, when you were on previously, and we did a YouTube thing, Extra Bases with Jim Day, check it out on YouTube. 
actually funny episodes. Uh, asked you what your favorite pizza is. And I got, after you said what it is, I've gotten, like, when I go up into the stands, I'll interview families or whatever, or I get a, just a message or an email or whatever. They're like, we tried Spencer's Pizza, and it is money. So there are a ton of people out there that have gone your style of pizza. Can you refresh us of what that pizza is? It's the Domino's one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, thin, the- it's a thin crust pizza from Domino's, and you get pepperoni and bacon, and then you get the... The like buffalo hot sauce drizzle on top. Yes. No, I they they haven't gone Domino's all the time, but just that style of pizza they've ordered it wherever they're maybe perhaps their favorite places. So, and I've gotten several. Tell Spencer that we love that pizza. That's our new go to pizza. That's awesome. So look at the influence you have. That's awesome. I'm glad people are enjoying good food out there. <laughs> I also loved and. Um, this was classic you, by the way. Um, by the way, I think you're a funny guy. I think you know this by now, right? I Thanks, mean, Jim. <laughs> you're, you're, in your own way, you're just, especially your delivery, it's, it's very funny. So I asked, one of the questions I asked was, what would your autobiography be called? And you, I think we came back to that answer, and you thought about it for maybe 10 minutes, and you came up with Spencer's Stories. It's a pretty lame I'm name. Sorry to laugh. But that's so funny. That's so funny to me because obviously, if it's an autobiography, it would be stories about you. And that was just a, a classic answer to thinking about it for 10 minutes. So, <laughs> good thing I'm not writing a book anytime soon. Well, you've got a long ways to go. You could write the rookie chapter, the minor league chapter. Um, speaking of which, Recently against the Twins, now the series didn't go your guys' way. Last game was tough. But you had a three-hit game. I think you drove in a run. Is there any extra satisfaction? I know you're not vindictive against the Twins or whatever. They they helped your career. Um, extra satisfaction, though, for against the team that traded you away to do that. And CES hit a home run against them. I'd say that three-hit game felt a little... Better than some other ones I've had, for sure. That is an honest answer. I like that. I th- I think it was kind of fun. It's human to, nature, man. It's kind of fun to show off in front of my friends too. <laughs> First time playing against them, so yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, bad blood or uh, me holding a grudge against them. Right. Um, yeah, it's nothing like that. But it's a competitive but, nature. It's a human yeah, nature it's, thing. It's uh, it's fun to show them what they're missing out on. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, yeah, it felt, it felt good, for sure. Now, I'd imagine uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand felt the same way. I don't know if he would tell me that. He's a tough guy to get some answers out of. Yeah, he's pretty reserved, for sure. <laughs> you think so? He is locked in, man. All he wants to do is play ball. Just, that's it. I and don't want to talk about, and fi- yes, play ball and fish. I asked him, what are you going to do in the offseason? Are you going to think about winter ball, maybe work on it? The- oh, no, fishing. Every day, fish. I mean, if you find joy in that, good for you. Absolutely. What will you do with your off season? Have you even thought about it yet? I know you're locked in trying to get into the playoffs, et cetera. I have not like planned any trips yet, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you, I'll, I'll be playing some golf for sure. I'll be uh, going home to visit my family. 
And yeah, that's about all I got planned so far. Speaking of family, I finally met them all. Uh, you just met them? Well, it was no, not just, but what? Where were we throughout the pitch? Was that Anaheim? Yeah, Anaheim. Anaheim. Your um, your brother throughout the yeah, my your older, older brother, brother who yeah. works for the Angels, correct? Correct. Throughout the first pitch, you caught it. I thought that moment was awesome. Yeah. But when you told me before you again, if you're just picking up this podcast, he is. There's two sets of twins as siblings in your family. You are you have a twin brother and you have older brothers that are twins. Yes. And you said I look nothing like my twin brother, which I was which was confirmed because I met him. I'm like, wow. But you look like your my older, older brother. twin brother yeah. that threw out the pitch. It's weird. Everyone thinks me and my older brother are the twins. Because yeah. my twin, he's he's taller, he's skinnier. Yeah. I mean, he's got darker hair. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if we look like brothers. <laughs> I had someone had to tell me which one was your twin brother. I thought just because of the age, I thought, okay, that's probably him. But I had to be told. Yeah. But that had to be a cool day. I mean, how cool was that? You you grow up uh, you going to Angels games, and then all of a sudden your brother's on the mound. You're catching. You're playing. Your family's there. How, how special was that? It was cool. Well, this kind of the story behind it was my older brother, who threw the first pitch, reached out to me like about two months ago. And he's like, hey, uh, I think it's his manager or someone high up in – kind of the sales department said, hey, I think it would be a really cool idea if uh, you threw out the first pitch to your brother when they're in town. Yeah. My brother's like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like, I'll reach out to him, let him let him know. And I remember I was like, no. Like, he asked me, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, And I guess his, his manager just kept coming at him. Like, hey, get your brother to do it. I think it would be awesome. Like, hey, get your brother to do it. If you texted really? him, you called him. And I guess you're just hounding wow. him about it. That's that's um, even above peer pressure. That's boss pressure. Yeah. So I, I, he was just kind of like, he's like, this would be really cool. Like, yeah. get him to do it kind of thing. Um, so I went to dinner with him the night before the series or that off day that we got because of the hurricane. Yeah. Um, quote, unquote, hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Flew right into that thing, no problem. Flew, that's good. I Couple still sprinkles. can't believe everyone was like, this is really happening. We're flying into this thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought for sure we'd fly to Phoenix or something. Or one, one of our else. smoother landings of the year as well. I, I, unbelievable. Yeah. There have been ones in clear blue skies and no wind that have been rough. <laughs> it was one of the, it was unbelievable. So yeah, during the, during the <laughs> off day because of the hurricane, we went to dinner and he's like, hey. Do you want to do the first pitch? Just still told him no. Wow. So it's in between. Well, I the, so I don't know. I just didn't really want to like get all. I I just didn't really want like the attention that comes with like doing the first pitch and yeah. everyone's like you're catching the first pitch like from who kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't know. Like teammates right were cool about that. Yeah, they were, I mean they were cool. Like I wasn't yeah. really worried about it. I was more just like it's just another distraction. Like yeah, trying to focus on a game kind of thing. I understand that. Yeah. Uh. And then, so we're, it's, we're sitting in the clubhouse in between the doubleheader, and DB called me in his office and said, you're doing this first pitch. Wow, now the manager pressure. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, 
trust me, like you may not realize it now, but this is a really cool moment for you and your family. Like you should do it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So DB was kind of the one who like pushed me, I guess, over the over the edge to do it. So uh, shout out DB. Because that was that ended up being a really cool moment. Yeah, the video for, of that and the pictures that you got together on the field, that's yeah. that's a memory that you can't duplicate. Yeah. But my whole family was wearing angels gear. So everyone was like, Do you, they do they hate you? But I guess I guess way, Yeah, because your brother's not in the major leagues. He's working for a major yeah, league team and he, I guess they had to wear angels gear if they wanted to go on the field for the pitch, so they they complied. They should have just went like a heel turn in wrestling and then I'll take off the Angels gear and they've got Reds gear underneath. Your that would have been cool. That would have been cool. <laughs> but it didn't happen. But it was a really cool moment. I'm glad I did it for sure. So That's yeah. beautiful. Love it. Uh you have the stashes back. What's the uh we we've we make a big have you noticed we make a big deal? You guys about love the mustache. We love mustaches. We we it's 162 games, Spencer. They're two and a half hour, three hour games. There's a lot of time yeah. to fill. I mean, I hate we to look pump, for things. I hate to pump my own tires, but I feel like I grow a pretty good mustache. You got it's a solid stash. Now, how? Um, who's the biggest judge of the stash? Uh, is it Fraley? Is it Casali? Because in that corner of the locker room, you, what do you got? Uh, Fraley and Friedel's there, mm-hmm. and Casali's there, and Stevenson's right there. Um, who is the, uh, is there anyone that says, Hey, that's, that's a nice stash or gives you positive affirmation? Uh, I'd say Buck's the biggest one, to be honest Buck with Farmer? you. Buck Farmer. That's a big league beard right there. He, uh, just says, hello, officer. <laughs> when I see him, I'll show up to the field and he goes, officer, Buck, what's up, baby? He says, uh, "Like you look like a police officer, like it's a police officer stash." Is that what we're talking about here? I think, yeah, I think it's like highway, like highway patrol, kind of like aviators. The nice, like, absolutely, the hat, the uniform. I guess it kind of just fits. Buck Farmer calls you officer because I'm assuming we're doing a rookie uh, dress up flight here soon. So, kind of hoping they. Help me out here because I got the mustache. Yeah, and they give me like a, a cop that. costume or, you know, highway patrol or something. But you guys did the uh, serving on the plane thing. I, was that the rookie day? I could have been because the dress up thing is kind of, uh, you know, it depends on how they dress you up. They used to dress in. It's kind of boring to be honest. I like what they did on our flight to Anaheim for sure. Yeah, and just. Because everyone does the dress up and it's like, yeah, like, haha, we got you. Right. You know, and I thought the they, serving they, they on gotta the plane be, was awesome. They got to be kind of nicer on what they choose for us to wear. Correct. Because there's there's really no hazing that goes on. Anymore. No. It used no. to be way worse. No. Yeah. Everyone. There was. Everyone says it's. Way. So. Uh, yeah. No, they would uh, dress in, in dresses and. We would go to Chicago and they would drop the guys off on the far end of Michigan Avenue and yeah. make them. Walk I mean, we to the did hotel. that last year, but like I said, what what we wore was almost like Halloween costumes type of thing. Yeah. So it's they're funny for a minute. Yeah, but then it, it. I thought what they did on that flight to Anaheim, where we wore. Yeah, tell old, them what they, tell the we, listeners what they did. Well, on our flight to Anaheim, you know, it's a four four and a half hour flight, so uh, had an off day. 
I guess because of the hurricane. Yes. Um, <laughs> we flew into. So we we all us rookies dressed up as kind of an old school type of bartender. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe it. Server. Yeah. Like a ser- server outfit. What's the, is there a name for that outfit though? They were brown. <laughs> you know, um, it's it, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a a server at a like a Bob Evans or something. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was just kind of an old school type of bartender outfit, yeah. and we just basically uh, we we passed out menus, took orders, and and kind of just made drinks for. You know, it wasn't the whole flight. It wasn't for four hours, but it was it was the first half. Yeah. And I think Andrew Abbott served the whole time. He might have. Now, now, who taught you to do the the mixed drinks? Because well, he told he uh, Buck sent. You know, a, Buck Farmer was the one that got the all. Yeah, the, Buck, this Buck, together, right? Buck definitely spearheaded this thing. But how about he, Buck Farmer? People, a lot of things people don't know about Buck Farmer. But yeah, he's the best. Yeah, um, he's really good at organizing too. He is. He organizes a lot of stuff for us, um, but he sent us kind of a cheat sheet uh, of the drinks that were going to be on the menu and said, hey, these are the drinks that you guys are going to have to make. Study, research. You got to know how to make these drinks. So we, we already knew how to kind of make them. I think Abbott actually uh, printed out a literal cheat sheet that of we had in the back. Of course he did, because that's how he is. Like that, like, <laughs> you know, had... The exact way of making an old fashioned and a margarita, yeah, um, and a Negroni, I think, was on there, uh, and a couple other drinks. I think uh, a Red Bull vodka was on there. Knew how to make that one. That one's pretty simple. <laughs> nice. There was someone that did get an old fashioned that was not happy with the old fashioned. No, it was not me. It was not, not me. me. You pointed at me. It was not me. I know my first. I, didn't have a I know drink. my first couple rounds of my uh, my margaritas were. They could have been better. And I uh, was told they need to be better and made the adjustment. And I think everyone was happy by the end yeah. with how they turned out. I thought that was an awesome idea. And and I don't know if that's replacing Rookie Day. If it is, that's fine. But uh, Buck Farmer got all of those, we'll say, costumes, outfits, whatever, and uh, made you guys serve. I just thought it was, a, it was a team thing. It really didn't involve us, although they did serve some of us in the back of the plane. But... It was just a good team bonding thing. I, th- I thought it was a great idea as opposed I, I, to just yeah, like, I, let's go get some Halloween costumes and we're going to make him Cinderella and blah, blah, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. Like, we enjoyed serving everyone. Yeah. I think everyone had a good time with it. So did I end up making you a margarita or no? No, I no? did not have a drink on that flight. I think uh, I, I probably should have since we were flying into a hurricane. Uh, but uh, I think someone maybe got me a beer or something. But it was I never I didn't have a mixed drink. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to test that. I would have made you one, Jim, if you asked. <laughs> okay, if for future reference, if, if there's this ever ever an, a time that this would ever happen again, I will definitely take you up on that. Perfect. Definitely take you up. Are you good on time? Can you do like five more minutes yeah. or so? Are you good? I want to ask you about that that uh, phase of the clubhouse because there are some characters there, and maybe who gives you the most grief. And we'll do that after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, I immediately saw you starting to ponder. When I say giving you the most grief, I mean that in a loving way. Because the teammates love some Spencer Steer. I know you've noticed this. I know that people gravitate towards you, and I'm not looking for you to comment on that. But they, if they give you grief or, or playful with you, it's because they like Spencer Steer. And they certainly respect your game. But who is in this category? And it doesn't have to be that portion of the locker room. Well, Clubhouse, it, it, whatever you want to call it. It definitely has to do with how the locker room's set up. Yes. Because we kind of hang out around the general vicinity exactly. of our lockers. And you got Friedel there. You got Fraley over so there. So I'd say TJ's probably number one. Um, we go <laughs> we go back and forth quite a bit. It's not Casale. I was going to guess Casale. Casale. But he wasn't around for a while. But, you know, it has to do with he's a catcher, too, so he's not always around. Like, it's yeah. always position players, right? Because we're always around each other. We're yeah. stretching for BP. We're right. taking BP together. We're in the cage together in meetings together. Yeah. Um. You know, M- Males, he's always got some good chirps. Maley? Maley, he's got some good chirps. He's got always. good chirps for. Everyone and everything. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a one liner. He's our one liner. Although Martini kind of gives him a, a run for his money with the one liners. Yeah, he came Those in guys right away, kinda, and people are like, "Oh, he's now the funniest guy in the clubhouse." They got Martini. they got one liners for everything. <laughs> like any like any situation, anything, yeah. it's like boom. Didn't we call Frito last time that we were on the podcast? I think we did. Did we? Yeah, because it was about. Uh, Crossword puzzles or oh, Sudoku. Uh, Sudoku. Yeah, everyone's kind of jumped off the Sudoku train. They've jumped off? Yeah. Are you on the chess thing? This is a big no. chess playing team. You're one of the few that's not, right? <laughs> I mean, I played the other day. I got I got smoked, so. I, but, I would get smoked too. I haven't played. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't enjoy chess really. I'll watch it. Like too I think slow, it's too. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not I might not be smart enough for it. Or I don't have the patience to learn the uh, tricks of the trade. Uh, there's a lot of other games out there that are more entertaining, in my opinion. So, <laughs> so Casale is the mustache approved by him because before you started growing it because he said, "Hey, grow a mustache." Yeah, I tried to get him to grow one, but he says it's a May thing for him. So he denied you. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he just basically said, uh, is it May? That's terrible. And I was like, what? You know, I've had Kurt, I guess. So apparently he only grows a mustache in May, so it's just me for this uh, little playoff push. Well, I dig it. And uh, 
Because Sally was giving me uh, crap the other day for not being on the podcast, and I said, you've been hurt. <laughs> and You haven't had Casali on yet? But I had him on when he was with the Reds before. I had him on ah, maybe three times at least with the catchers and stuff. How long have you been doing this podcast? Well, I don't know. Four or five years maybe? But the, the COVID saw, I, years bleed everything. I don't know. It's like over 130 episodes maybe, something like good. that. You do one a week? I try. I try to, but I got so much grief the other day when they gave Kyle Farmer the MVP and the. I saw that he was like a four oh time. My gosh, why would one? Why would they include that? So okay, this is what happened, people. <laughs> Giving Kyle Farmer the team MVP award from last year and the good guy award on the field. So they're doing a video as they always do, looking back at the highlights, whatever. And then when they're given the good guy award, which is basically you know being. Uh, good to the media and the fans or whatever. Part of it was, he was a five-time guest on the Jim Day podcast, which he's actually more. But the whole dugout just roasted me at that moment. Like, it was loud. It was like, you got to be kidding me. That's all you got to do to be the good guys, be on that stupid podcast? It's all to love, Jim. Killed me. And leading the charge in that was Kurt Casale. That's all you got to do is get on that stupid podcast. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm, he's. I've had pretty good luck of uh, guys answering the phone. I'm ringing him up. You sure, you know how to work that thing. <laughs> it's. A, it could be operator error. It absolutely could be operator. It's a lot of buttons. It is a lot of buttons. Are you sure you press record at the beginning of this, and we just didn't sit here for thirty <laughs> minutes wasting our time? That's good too. Yeah, actually, double recording right now. So. Just so you know, said that you. It's working now. I'm ringing up Kirk Casale. Let's see if he answers. I think he answered before, or maybe it went to voicemail. I don't know. He's probably. Uh, see, we've had such good luck. Oh, talk on it. He's not going to answer. Do you want to leave a message? Want to leave a message if he doesn't answer? Your call I'll has been to forwarded you. to an automated voice messaging system. Oh, he's in the. He just texted me. Zero. Oh, I don't want to cut it off there. I was going to give the number. He said, I'm in the I'm in the training room. He just texts me. Talk on it. Tell him answer. (laughs) You can answer the phone while getting a massage, Kurt. He's going to, you know, you know how much grief I'm going to get over this. It's worth it. You think it's worth it? I don't know. I really don't know. (laughs) Where do you think uh, this thing can go? Not necessarily. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't even want to talk about whether you're going to make the playoffs this year. I don't know. Uh, but this group is what I want to ask you. Here, here's the text I just got from Casale. A wise man once told me to not speak on the phone in the locker room or training room. <laughs> who, who is this wise man? Yes, folks, this is a raw podcast that we are. I'm actually texting and talking. Who is this wise man? We'll find out. This group together. I mean, one, how fun is it to play with this group? And two, do you think about what the future could hold, whether it be this year or any year? Um, haven't really thought too much about, you know, going forward because I think I'm just focusing on. It's a really fun group to play with, yeah. one. So I'm really focusing on, like, the thing about baseball is, is you play with, like, this is the only year we're going to play with all these guys. Like, this team's yeah. not going to be exactly the same next year. Yeah. So uh, 
I really like to enjoy just kind of like, you know, this is the last eight games or eight games plus we get with this specific specific group of guys. So yeah, let's go out there and you know, let it all out there and and see where the see what happens. I guess, but yeah, I'm just I'm just enjoying it. I think this is a pretty cool opportunity to have. And no matter what happens, this experience of the experience of of meaningful baseball in September. I mean, everything's about experience. I mean, it, it helps so much. Absolutely. I think it's great that we have so many young guys and so many young guys are getting this this experience their first year, right? It's pretty pretty unbelievable. Especially we were where we were supposed to be at the beginning of the year versus where we are now. I think that's the coolest thing about this team is we were counted out from day one, oh. and here we are. I mean, they're going to lose 100 games again. A lot of people said. And we heard it all, too. We, we knew exactly what people thought of us. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool to uh, be in this position. And you're not going to be able to sneak up on people next year, though. They're going to be like, wow, they got all these dudes back. Wow. And if the pitchers are healthy... And there's going to be guys, there's going to be competition for the rotation, guys that don't make the rotation that might go into the bullpen. You're like, wow, <laughs> pretty good arms to add to the bullpen down there. By the way, Casale uh, texts back uh, to refresh. He said, a wise man once told me to not speak on the phone in the locker room or training room. And I text back, who is this wise man? His answer, literally anyone who's ever played in the show. But Spencer is my favorite rookie I've ever played with. Next text, stud, idiot, but stud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now that he called me idiot on the... Uh, <laughs> right live. I feel like Friday. I can share that he just says, let's go idiot to me every time he sees me in the dugout pretty much. Yeah. Like, let's go, you idiot. How do you receive that? Do you have to just take it? You don't say anything back? No, I think I actually do better when he's mean to me. Are you for real? I hate to admit it, but there's definitely times where like I'm 0 for 3 with like a couple punch outs. And I'm like, Kurt, just say something. Just say the meanest thing you can possible to me. Are you serious? You're yeah. being serious right now. Yeah. And it works? I mean, I don't know. It's sort of like, uh, what would you say about a slump? You're like, I go home and I get a large pizza and I just crush it. Doesn't always get me out of the slump. But hey, I'm happy because I got a large pizza. Yeah. No, usually he says something <laughs> funny and it makes me laugh. And I'm like, all right. He's a funny guy. Let's see if I can go get a hit now. He kills me. He and I go back at and forth all the time. I, I love me some Kirk Casale. I wanted to ask you about uh, Colin Cowgill. I had him on this podcast and he's in charge of the base running. And he said, overall, when you break it all down, whether it be secondary leads, knowledge, instincts, running, you are the base, best base runner on the team. Whoa. He, he said that? He said that. you Overall, you are the best base runner on the team. That surprise you? That's some high praise from CeCe right there. Yeah. Much love. I mean, yeah, he's, he's done a great job of helping me uh, become a lot better base runner this year. And I don't think I ever would have imagined I would be stealing 15 bags in the big leagues in a season, but here we are. And 
Yeah. He's pretty much a majority of the reason why I did that this year. So he now he he talked about one thing that he you were talking about shuffling off the bag and timing up a guy and that it took you one day and all of a sudden you shuffled off you did exactly what he said and it takes instincts as well and you had a moment where you're like and he had a moment like hey Spence you're a base dealer do you remember when he came up to you and said listen you're a base dealer yeah well I think we had a meeting or something um like a base running meeting and I never went to them. So basically before every game we'll we'll find people and kind of give us a lowdown on the the starting pitcher and if he has any tendencies, any tells, uh how he thinks we're gonna get him. And I never really went to those meetings, never really came up to me and then uh it was just one day I think I just went or he came up to me, I forget how it happened, but uh, he said, hey, I think this is how you can steal bases. And he showed me some videos of guys doing it around the league, that shuffle thing. So we went and worked on it. Um, I want to say that day or the next game, um, guy had a pretty big, like a pretty big breath. So we'd take a big breath, 1-1,000, then he'd pitch. So right when I saw the breath, shuffled off the base, started taking off, and, you know, sure enough, he lifted up his leg to go home, and I got in there without a throw. So... Um, he's really good at tremendous at watching these guys, watching a ton of video on these starting pitchers and giving us really good information. And he's really good at picking out, um, tendencies and intels that these guys have that we can, that we can, you know, expose. And I think you've seen that obviously with how many bases we've stolen. I think it's totally revamped our offense and, um, when teams play us, they have to make adjustments in their deliveries. Big time. Like when we play the Brewers. Uh, and it helps out the hitter. When we play the Brewers, Rhea, or Rhea um, he was like a 1-8 to the plate, and I think we stole nine bases that day. Mm-hmm. And the next time we played him, he was a 1-2, one, 1-3. One, Completely can, changed his you game. You can tell he was uncomfortable doing that. Yeah. And, I mean, he was leaving pitches over the middle, walking guys. Like yeah. when they – have to speed up their wind up. They get uncomfortable and uh, it completely changes uh changes the way they, they throw the ball. And yeah. that can lead to, you know, more mistakes and hopefully we hit those mistakes. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna turn you loose. Uh thanks again for doing this. Your uh, second appearance on the podcast. And I hope it's uh many more because uh fans dig you. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, fans dig you. I think you're going to start seeing some Spencer Steer jerseys next year in the stands. I wouldn't think that's going to happen. Um, be- yeah, maybe. People That'd be li- cool. They like your style of play. They love the versatility. I think you've done a great job of handling that. Uh, once again, not everyone can, man. You go to a different position, and it affects you offensively. It throws you out of your game. There's pressure. Uh, and no one wants to be embarrassed at the big league level, and they throw you in the outfield. You've never been out there, and you've handled it well. You're like a true golden retriever. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and the stash in midseason form. Spencer Steer, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm not going to call you an idiot, by the way. You're not an idiot to me. 
appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. Only. I had fun. This oh. is a fun little podcast you got going on. This is a fun thing? Yeah. That means Hanging you're out in the kids' room with Jim Day, <laughs> talking know, shop. We are in the kids' room. They have a family room here, and kids, players' kids, wives, etc. And we are literally amongst the toys, which is actually perfect for you. And me, because I've not grown up. Still. Tempting to grow up, even at an elder age. Thanks for saying it's fun. That means a lot to me. Spencer Steer, we will catch you on down the road here in the Gym Day Podcast. <laughs>